This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Welcome back to another episode of Peak Too Early. We are live and in person today broadcasting from the Gendron Saloon. And we got a massive, massive episode for you guys. Mike, you are not down in Connecticut today. You're up in Lowell, Massachusetts. How you doing? Drinking an ice cold Miller Lite in the Gendron Saloon. Feeling good. And Steve, it is the day has finally come. The day we've been talking about for months. The day that we've been prepping for, training for, mentally preparing, doing all this work for. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. I shouldn't have to say it, but I'm going to anyways. It's Masters Weekend. Oh, yeah. It is Masters Weekend, and I am fired up. Tiger's making a run. Let's go. Yeah, we are sitting right. We are sitting here at the Gendon Saloon. We got a couple TVs on. We got the Red Sox on one TV. We got the Celtics on another TV. And we got, we got Tiger on the big TV. They got a couple holes to go. It is anybody's match right now. This is super exciting. And uh, as always, we also have... Trent Fontanella. Trent, you are not at the house of Sav tonight. You are you are right here in Lowell, Massachusetts at the Gendron Saloon. How you doing, bud? It feels real good to be here. I've been all over for these podcasts, but none has been better than being in person with the Gendron Brothers. I, I woke up today and realized it was the greatest sports weekend of the year. We have baseballs back, and you have day games, the sun's out, the NBA playoffs are on, we got the Celtics, and of course, last day, the Masters. Am I forgetting anything? Uh, That's it. I don't know. Is there something else big happening this weekend? Maybe tomorrow? NHL playoffs. The Bruins' big win oh, last yeah, night. Bruins, Three nothing. Don't poke the bear. That's Patriots it. Day baseball game. There's nothing like early start Patriots Day baseball. All right. We're just kidding with everybody. Obviously, tomorrow's the Boston Marathon. It is a massive day. This is, this is what we've been training for for a very long time. Um, we couldn't be more excited. This is such a big part of of uh, I think our lives, what, we're, what we've been doing here, kind of gearing up to this point and this podcast, um, we're joking around a little bit, but we're sitting at the General Saloon watching the Masters, and earlier this week, Tiger Woods was interviewed going into the Masters, and he was asked, you know, why is the Masters so important to him? And he told the reporter that the Masters is the best thing in our sport. And that's how most runners feel about Boston. That's certainly how we feel about Boston, that tomorrow, the Boston Marathon is the best thing that our sport does. And uh, I'm super pumped. You know, this is, you know, we, we joke around a lot about it that we're not taking it too seriously. We're taking it in um, and we're going to, you know, have a couple drinks out there, run it slow, except for Trent. He's, he's trying to cruise it. Trying to win. He's trying to win. The, he's trying to win. He's trying to take down, take down some of those Kenyans tomorrow. Trent's got plus 500 odds to win tomorrow. <laughs> plus 500 odds. Pretty good. It's a bargain. <laughs> <laughs> but really that this, this race is important to us. And this is something that I've been dreaming about for a long time. Um, I know Mike has. Trent has actually run it before. Um, but, you know, this the way that Boston embraces the Boston Marathon is unlike any other race in the world. You know, we talked a little bit about it on the last episode that uh, for most cities, their marathon, it's annoying. It's, uh, it's, they have to shut down the streets. They have to close down the city for, for the weekend. And uh, it's, it's a pain in the ass to people that live in the city. 
Boston, they embrace it. They created a fake holiday around this. They created Patriots Day. <laughs> they shut the down the city so they can watch a bunch of idiots in split shorts cover 26.2 miles and party. Yeah. So uh, I'm the, super pumped up. The Red Sox moved their game to 11 <laughs> o'clock. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's not like Boston is a, is you know a city that's deprived of sports. I mean, we got no. we got two reigning champions right now. The Celtics are in the playoffs. The Bruins are in the playoffs. And people care about running tomorrow. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I always said that being a runner from Boston, it's almost like a rite of passage. You have to run this race. You have to run the Boston Marathon. I'm at the point where it's like, I am so sick and tired of marathons. I don't want to run anymore. But this race is so much more than a marathon. It's so much more of a race for the people of Boston. Um, It's history and everything that this race has been through and just... Um, like you said, the support that the city brings into it, it's an experience and, uh, it's something I've been waiting to do for a very long time. I'm fired up for tomorrow. Um, but with that said, I'm ready to have an awesome time. I am ready to have a good time tomorrow too. Yep. Yep. So we, we did the whole expo experience yesterday. We went, we picked up our numbers. Uh, Trent, how, how do you feel about expos? I feel great. I love them. Um, in the past there's been some reckless you know, uh, titles thrown around. I think one of the P2E co-hosts here said he had the freshest legs in Boston. Well, I'm here to tell New you... New England. New England. New England. I, my friends, have the freshest legs in New England. <laughs> it's been a few weeks since I've hit the pavement, but because of the expo, I feel great. Junk science is in. <laughs> I was given pills from my calf strength. I was given lotion to rub on it. I did a stim. I did multiple different kinds of massages. I feel great. I've got a brand new calf. I'm ready to kill it. I love the expo. You Try- should get drug. Are you gonna get drug tested? Maybe because I finished so highly, <laughs> that might be a problem for me. Trent, I didn't even know any of those things existed at the expo. You want to know why? Why? Because I got in and out of there as fast as I possibly could. The expo is the most miserable experience I've ever been to. You're like, you have a race coming up, so it's like, you don't want to be on your feet. And you're seeing crowds of people. It's like, when you're with one or more person, it's like trying to keep up with them is impossible because people are zigging, zagging through you. There's all these booths up with crap that I don't want to buy. Expos are terrible. It's claustrophobic. It's miserable. I will be happy if I never have to go to an expo for the rest of my life. I had a full meal on like Cliff Bar little <laughs> energy supplements. Um, people trying to sell you stuff left and right. I went in, I got the stim, little portable stim on my calf, and the woman said, "Oh, it's five hundred dollars in store, but two fifty today." And I was like, "Oh, interesting." And then she goes, "But I can give you the student discount, one twenty-five." I go, "Okay." And then I, I swear to God, she goes. And the military discount. <laughs> I go, I'm not in the military. Oh. She goes, they'll never know. $80. Like, oh, they'll hog you anything. It was st- great. Stolen valor. Yeah. Trent's going to be puking up Gatorade blocks <laughs> at like mile five. <laughs> well, oh my God. I agree with Mike 100%. Expos might be the worst place in the world. I mean, but a big part of that comes from the amount of time that I've, I've spent at Expos. Kind of working in the industry. Um you know, I've, I've right. been. That's right. I've been to quite a few of these expos, yes. and uh, people people just interact differently when they're at expo. It is like it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Like people, if they see a line at an expo, they just get in line. So mm-hmm. like we'll have like you know something at our booth, and people will just get in line. They'll wait forty five minutes to an hour. They'll get to the front of the line, and then they'll ask you why people are standing in line. It is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> 
I don't know, man. I, I can't stand expos. We we went in yesterday. We got our number. We walk. We tried to walk around the expo for like, you know, 15, 10, 15 minutes, and we all looked at each other and we we're like, we gotta get the hell out of here. I had like an anxiety attack the moment I walked in there. I was so over it. I was drinking this uh, electrolyte beer. <laughs> I was having fresh mozzarella cheese. They had yogurt. I was I was having myself a day. Well, Trent. We had ourselves a, well, kind of had ourselves a, a, a night because God. after the expo, we were, hold on, hold on. Oh, Tiger just missed a big putt. That would have been huge. But anyways, this is, I got a hell of a story for you, Trent. Um, we, after the expo, we were kind of hungry. It was around 6, 6.30. We wanted to go, you know, maybe watch a little of the Masters, get some food, have a beer, kind of relax. And, you know, so we did that. Went to went to one of my favorite places down there called Brownstone, right in the south end. It's a cool place. It's just a small little bar that serves good food, you know, good place to hang out, watch the game. So we hung out there for about an hour. And uh, so I had an event. So I had parked over in Brookline. And so Mike had parked in, in right around the, uh, you know, downtown Boston near the convention center. And so what they were going to do, Mike and, and my wife that came in to meet me at the expo, they were going to drive me to my car, and then we we're both going to drive back up here to Lowell. And so we leave the we leave the restaurant bar, and um, we kind of take we kind of took a little bit of a direction back because you're in the South End. It's nice. It's a nice night, and uh, instead of kind of winding up through you know through Copley, we decided to kind of cut through the cut through the South End back towards the convention center because you know Mike wasn't too sure where he parked, but he said if you get me near the convention center, I'll remember. Okay. And so we start walking. And then, like halfway there, he goes. He goes. Oh, you know what? We walked down this street to get to the to to get to the expo. I parked right around here. In Trent, we proceeded to walk around the south end for I am not kidding you, an hour up and down every street, every street. And and it, like halfway through, halfway through searching for Mike's car, we said, okay, you know what? Let's go back to the convention center. We'll go back to the hotel where you, like outside where you where I met them, and then I'll know how to get to my car. So after half an hour searching, we walk to the expo so Mike can orient himself. And he just standing there and says, I have no idea. I have no idea. And so then we continued to walk around the streets of, of the South End for another half an hour. And like he's like, he keeps going, oh, I think I'm down this street. I think I'm down that street. And I was like, well, Mike, these are all residential parking. You know, he's like, yeah, I'm down the street. He's like, I, you parked at a meter. There's no way. I was like, this entire section of the city, this entire section of the city doesn't have meters. It's all residential parking. And so we're walking around, walking around, and then, you know, uh, we, we start to head back in one direction. He goes, okay, I can't use logic. I can't try to remember anything. I just got to go with my gut. So we start walking down. We start walking, uh, you know, down uh, this street that's kind of has one little lane, um, you know, that a car can kind of wind down. But it's, for the most part, it's shut off the traffic. It's mostly like a pedestrian cup. And walking down, walking down, and they start recognizing stuff. Aaron's like, oh, we walked by that. We walked by that. And, oh, so and it was Aaron had gone with Mike. Yes, yeah, Aaron, so there's two so people here that yes, can't figure it out. Two people that can't remember where they parked. And so we're walking back. They start remembering stuff. And it's like, okay, we're finally, we finally have some clues. We're starting to piece this together. Maybe we're heading in the right direction. And the entire time, Mike starts picking up his pace because I realize that he re he remembers that this is the way they came. And Aaron's like, oh, we walked past that. We walked past that. And we're getting closer. And we're like, we're like, I'm getting, I'm getting closer to the bar that we just walked out of. We just, we get, you know, and, and so we turn the corner. I know that I can see it in Mike. He picks up his pace. He knows exactly where he's parked at this point. He knows exactly where he's parked at this point. And I'm going to pull up a picture here. This is bad radio. I'll explain it to you in a second. I'm going to, I'm going to pull up a picture for Trent here. Um, so this, 
is this is Mike's car right okay. here. Okay. That's the bar <laughs> oh we ate at. And so for you listeners at home, Mike's car, I am not kidding you, was right outside of Brownstone, the restaurant where we ate. It was literally, it could not be closer to Brownstone. So we walked out of the restaurant, walked around for an hour trying to find Mike's car. We finally find it, and it is right outside of the restaurant where we ate. I, Mike, <laughs> Mike, I, I know you're going to try to explain yourself right now, and you're going to try to put the blame on some other people, but this is, this is, this is bad. This is really bad. It was, uh, I could have unlocked the car from where our dinner table was. <laughs> we literally were right next to the window, and the fact that I didn't see the car the entire it is a miracle. Um, so what do you think of Boston your first time there? Must have been. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great city. Uh, it's a really good city. A lot of the streets look exactly like. Yeah. Um, a lot of the apartment buildings look exactly like. Listen, okay, I'm not good with directions. Let, let's just throw it out there, okay? There's no excuses. I am probably the worst with directions in the history of the planet. Uh, at the end of the day, what happened was we parked our car. I had an amazing conversation with my lovely sister-in-law. <laughs> On our way back, I got a little shook. And after that, it was an hour of my brain trying to convince me that it was other places, even though I knew in my gut it was somewhere else, and I should have gone with my gut. So the moral of the story, I think every all of our listeners should take away, is just trust your gut. Go with your instincts, and something like that won't happen. Um, not, not a good look for me, but you know what, listen... It's a great story for the podcast now, and that's what it comes down to. I would love I'm to just get, doing favors for the podcast. I think if there's ever, ever a time for a guest, it's it's Aaron to get two of you guys explaining how this happened <laughs> right across the street. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> Aaron was like monitoring, like she was like trying to track down the meter, like numbers. She's like, I, I swear I know the meter number that we were at. And she was trying to like orient no, herself no, based no. on that. She, it was, she remembered she did. the meter number. She actually so did. at one point we were like trying to figure out the pattern of meter yeah. numbers. So she remembered the exact meter number, but she couldn't remember <laughs> anything about where they parked. Yeah. It was. Oh man! It sounds like a good a good two days before the marathon day though. Walk around, That's get the true. legs loose. You know, nice you beautiful know, on day. On the bright side, Trent, your sun was out. Points. All right. Anyways, I'm done with well, this story. Well, I, I fully expected. <laughs> I, I, you know, I need like a Jim Calhoun speech. You know, I'm sorry. I fucked up. I took a Mecca Okafor. He's not a bad player. <laughs> uh, if the writers of Seinfeld wrote this story, people would be like, "All right, this is not even believable. How ridiculous <laughs> it is!" Right? Like the fact that it was sitting outside of the bar that we were at. They'd be like. We can't we can't air this episode. It's actually too ridiculous for Seinfeld. Is there, that's how stupid this was? Is there any chance the picture that I looked at was taken before you guys walked around for an hour? I'd love it if you guys took a picture outside the restaurant <laughs> <laughs> in the background. And you still didn't realize it. And then you looked at the picture later oh, on. So God. Hey, I think we need a I think we need a master's uh, leaderboard update just to let them know uh, let the let the listeners know where we're at in case they hear any sudden cheers. Let's yeah. see right now. I apologize if we're distracting with uh, sudden eruptions and stuff like that. I am... Butterflies are going crazy right now. We are coming down the home stretch of the Masters and uh, Tiger... This We're at a historic moment. Like, yeah. I just... I can't contain myself. So we got... We got... So T1 right now, tied for first place. We got Shoffley. He is on... 
He is on the 15th. We got Molinari and Woods tied for first place as well on the 14th. Day is is T4. He's finished up at negative 11. Um, Dustin Johnson, Dustin Johnson, um, Kepka, Rom, Cantlay, Fowler, Simpson. So things are shaping up. We're coming down the stretch here. This is this is some wild stuff. So, so you, you might see some some hear some raw emotion from the from the P2E boys as this kind of wraps up here. If but, we manage to record a podcast when Tiger wins again for yeah. how's it nine ten years now. Uh, 11 years, right? 11 years? I don't know the exact date. 2005 was it? We were recording history. No, it's been 14 years since he's won 14. the Masters. But what so was the year of the car major. accident? In the oh. 2009, um, I think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. This would be just this absolute history. Historic stuff right here. Yeah. By so. the way, we got a marathon tomorrow, boys. Hydration Nation. Yes. So, we forgot to mention. Nation. Uh, Peak 2 too Early is brought to you by Miller Lite, and we're sitting here. Uh, hydrating with a couple of cold Miller Lights because uh, we got a marathon to run tomorrow and you gotta you gotta be hydrated and ready to go, boys. Listen, we've talked about it before, but the day before big race, it is all about keeping it the same, keeping everything the same. And uh, listen, watching the Celtics, watching the Red Sox, watching golf, drinking Miller Light, this couldn't be more what we do every day. Of course, so, I mean this is like. Keep, we are preparing ourselves better than anybody else in the field. I promise you that. Yeah, I can. I can absolutely. I feel you. like I messed up because of the marathon tomorrow. Things changed in my life. I went home to New Hampshire. I'm here in Lowell, um, and it threw off my ability to get my bet in on Tiger before the Masters started. Normally, if there was no marathon, I'd have much more money on the golf. Um, so I am doing things a little bit different with with only money on basketball today. But I think I'll be okay. Yeah, well, Mike and I got a little bit of running, a little bit of money riding on on Tiger. Not too much because I just found out that my mom and dad listened to this podcast. <laughs> that was brought to my attention this week. Um, not too much. Just a Hi, mom bit. and dad. Just a little <laughs> bit. Just a little bit. Just enough to make it interesting. Um, but yeah, so so we're, we're we're rooting for Tiger. Mike and I, we're actually we're actually both wearing our red shirt, our black pants. We're uh we're we're in full Tiger Sunday gear right now. Um, we, we're going to dive into some marathon talk because a big point of this podcast, we want to get people interested in professional running. We also want to give you a breakdown, a little bit of the elite athletes. We're going to get this podcast out tonight so you guys can listen to it tomorrow before the race and maybe maybe while you're watching the race so you can understand a little bit about some of the people you're watching because, um, you know, you want a little bit of background. You want a little bit of emotion. You want to understand a little bit about it because I think most people in Boston, even though they're excited to watch the marathon and they watch every step of it, they don't really know who they're cheering for so what we did was uh we created uh we handicapped this so we kind of created some odds on people so you understand ricky just hit a big putt that's what i'm talking about ricky Ricky. um so we created some (laughs) we created some odds so you can you guys can understand you know uh their people's chances of winning um so do you guys want to dive into the to the men's side first here can you talk real quick about the difficulty in finding odds for the boston marathon i was it's actually so impossible. They do not exist. But thanks to thanks to your favorite podcast, you guys have lines on the Boston Marathon now, and you know who to, who to cheer God. for and who the underdogs are, who the favorites are. Listen, years from now, when betting on the Boston Marathon is a thing and uh, it's popular, I remember the revolutionary start that Peak Too Early gave you. Mm-hmm. We started here first. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to start off talking about some of the favorites, and then we're going to work our way down. We're not going to go through every runner. We're just going to talk about people that we have an interest in and, and maybe some of our favorite runners. But we're going to start start with the favorites and then work our way down to the underdogs. So starting off, we have uh, uh, 
Lalisa, uh, <laughs> sorry for the exactly. Lalisa Decisa. Lalisa, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, sorry about the uh, mispronunciation there. But Lalisa, he's he's actually one of the uh, he's actually you know one of the great Boston runners of all time. He's a two-time Boston Marathon champion. He finished second place once. Um, he's always in the mix, you know. Uh, he has a 2:04 marathon in his career, which is blazing fast. He did that back in, in in 2013. He's getting up a little bit in age, but he's he's always in the mix. Um, so he he's definitely a guy to kind of kind of watch out for. Um, what do you got him at, Steve? So we got him at plus 350. So we actually have him as the uh, odds-on favorite to 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 win tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, anybody who has shown up to the Boston Marathon and proven that they can do it multiple times, every time this guy steps on the line at Boston, it seems like he's in contention to win it. Um, You know, he's getting up a little bit in age, and he might not be one of the younger guys in the crowd, but I think that kind of experience, you got to put him as a front runner every time he steps on. How could you not? Boston's a different kind of animal. And, and experience matters, yep. I would think, here more than the more than anyone plays else. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say, that, you know, you can you can get crafty on the Boston course, and you, it's not like a flat marathon where it's just like the the, the fittest, the best runner is going to win. You need to be, you need to have the experience, you need to have the right strategy in order to win. So we were actually um, talking about this, and we're like, ah, he's won it, uh, what was it, three times, two, three times? He must be, like, approaching, like, one yeah. of the... Uh, you know, the most times ever winning Boston. We were wrong. We were way wrong. This guy, Clarence DeMar, an American back in, like, the early 1900s, won it seven times in, like, two decades. Do you have any of the times from back then? Yeah. His, uh, let's see. Some his fastest time is uh, two hours and 18 minutes. Wow. Well, actually, so, that's, uh, what year was that? He did that in uh, 1922. Well, that's actually very impressive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, People it is. didn't run that time. Uh, back in the early 1900s. Yeah. So, I mean, he's uh, Clarence DeMar. Shout out to you, man. Legend of the sport. Found out who you are today. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. We got we got Jeffrey uh, Karui. Um, and he finished second at Boston last year. He won Boston in 2017. He's the current world champ in the marathon. Um, we got him at plus 375, so very close to DeCisa. Um uh, but another guy who has the experience out there, and he's gonna—he's kind of—he's—he's—he's he's, he's probably not the odds-on favorite, but he's pretty damn close. What I love about this guy, similar to what we were saying about uh, the other favorite here, Les Leslina, how you say his name? Lalisa. Lalisa. The Cisa. It's been there. He's done I, that. I'm sorry, Lalisa. <laughs> but the past two years, you got to think. Last year was the the rain, the 35 degrees coming at you, wind from all angles. Two years ago, Sonny got so warm. So I love the guys that performed well in both those years. This guy at first and second place in opposite weather conditions. That made me excited for, uh, Very for good Jeffrey point. tomorrow. Very yeah. good point. In completely opposite weather conditions. That's, that is huge. And so we, um, we could go down the line now and talk about probably 10 to 15 Kenyans or Ethiopians. Um, I think we specifically chose these two because of the interesting points about them. But... You know, there's 10 guys that are in the yeah. same category, right? But, I mean, that's just the nature of marathoning these days is you're going to get a lot of these 10 guys who show up to the Boston Marathon every year who are freaks and could win it. So I totally disagree. I'm way confident <laughs> in these guys. These are the guys. Put your money down. One of those two is the best run runners. Um, okay, so moving on to last year's Boston champion, 
Yuki Kawauchi, he's at plus 500. Last year, he became one of my favorite athletes <laughs> of all time. Anybody who's my friend on Snapchat, you know, saw my snaps last year where I was making fun of him because every year you get one or two guys sprinting out to the lead. So you get one or two guys sprinting out to the lead and uh, kind of die off, you know, within within the first 10 miles. And I thought he was that guy last year. Mm-hmm. I thought he was the guy that was going to sprint out <laughs> and he was going to he was going to die out eventually but it was one of the most incredible things i have ever seen he hung out until the halfway and then he fell off and i said well there we go there's that i it was fun watching you yuki but have fun finishing you know 30 to 40th place and somewhere around 17 18 miles in he came back he came back he took back the lead and he never looked back. He fought all the way to the finish in the cold, in the in the, you know the the rain, in the wind, and he's just a he's just a bad. Oh oh, Mal- sorry life. sorry for the sorry for the interruption. Molinari just Molinari, hit in the water. Molinari just hit in the dead. water. Tiger has an opportunity here. This is huge. Way to beat Molinari. That's what I'm talking about, you bum. Listen, so we won't go too much on golf, but me and Trent were watching it earlier, and on, like, I think it's the 12th or 13th hole, the hole that killed Spieth a couple of years ago. Let's go, Miley. The hole that killed Spieth a couple of years ago. Molinari hit it in the water, and the look in his eyes, it was just like, well, he's done. He just lost the Masters. So and sad. He's been terrible yeah. ever since. All right, anyways, but Steve, going back to what you were talking about there, following your commentary on this guy last year when he was running the Boston Marathon was hilarious. You were just crapping all over him, making fun of him for the entire like first hour and a half of the race. Like, this guy's an idiot. Look at him going out fast. Oh, he's dying. Of course he's dying. And then just having him come back and you're like, I can't believe this guy's coming back. I can't believe he's going to win. It was fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, it was one of the single greatest efforts I've seen in the sport of running ever in my life. And, and, and on top of it, on top of it, he's not a sponsored athlete. He refuses to be sponsored because he works in a Japanese school district, and that's what he's passionate about. He's passionate about working in the school district, and he doesn't want a sponsor to inter- interfere with his job. So it's really, it's really incredible what he did. Um, you know, Trent, do you have any comments on this guy? I was reading about him. He runs more marathons than just about any of the other elite guys out there. He's not an overthinker. He just likes to run, and he, he works in the school district. He's just. He just seems like he's having fun out there. Yeah. He doesn't worry what an expert would say. What's the right move? What's the wrong move? How many races you should do leading up to it? He's he's a super likable guy. I don't think he's got a chance again. I think yeah. everything came together for him last year, so I wouldn't recommend putting money on him to win money, but I'd recommend putting money on him because he's fun to root for. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at plus 500, he's at, he's at the plus 500 level because he's the returning champion, but at that odds, it's just, it's just not worth it. You know, he needs... You know, the thing that I love about him, and he, he needs the crappy weather. He needs the elements to come into play for having an opportunity to win. He's probably not going to win tomorrow. Um, but we loved watching him last year. Last year, he probably would have been plus, you know, 3,500. Yeah. But this year, I'm probably going to stay away from, from Yuki. I'm going to be cheering for him, but I'm going to stay away from that. I think that's Agreed. a good idea. All right, moving on. So those are kind of the, those are kind of the favorites, and we're going to move on to some underdog stories. Moving on to Shadrach Biwad. We have him at plus 1,000. He finished, he finished third last year at 34 years old. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a U.S. citizen via Kenya, um, former Oregon Duck. Shout out P-Flow. You can cheer for this guy. His, uh, his PR is 212 at New York City in 2016. I'm a big fan of uh, his nickname, Shady. He's a good guy. Um, I'm going to be cheering for him. Mike, what do you think about Chad Rack? Uh, he 
back in college, we used to run against this guy, Michael B. Watt, also from <laughs> Kenya. Uh, he ran for American International. They might be siblings. Uh, Michael B. Watt was a beast. Um, so I think because he ran for my rival school, I am big time against Shadrick B. Watt uh, because of Michael B. Watt. Michael B. Watt's a good guy, but he was, ran for my rival school, so I can't cheer for Shadrick. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm all in on Shadrick. And, I'm on Team uh, Steve. J- j- just to be clear, I'm sure B. Watt is like, it's probably like Smith and Kenya. You know, there's, I, there's no there's a lot of B Watts out there. But sometimes you just gotta find your rationalization. I was in on Shatterick because I was doing again. This is, by the way, guys, the most I've ever known about distance running in my life, and it's fun. Like, if this podcast has done anything, it's made me a bigger running fan. It's it's a cool thing. So I was reading about Shatterick. He's got the classic Kenyan story. He was saying when he was a kid, he ran three miles of school in the morning, three miles back home for lunch. Three miles back to school for the afternoon session. Three miles home. You so, didn't. You didn't do that. <laughs> uh, not my entire childhood. Just part of it. But he's crushing twelve miles a day. And then he comes to America, learns how to, you know, train with the Oregon guys. Seems like a real likable guy. He's consistent in the big races. Um, so I like his chances as like a top five. I'm not sure if he can win it, but look for him at the front of the pack. Yeah. And he's he's part of the Hanson Hanson Brooks Distance Project. So big fan of that of that training team. So keep an eye out for Shady. Bet you are. Um, moving on here, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, Wesley career. Um, now he's a super interesting guy, a guy that's, uh, getting a, getting a little up in his career. He's 36 years old. Um, uh, he's from Kenya. His, his PR is, uh, 206 in the Chicago marathon in 2012. Um, the interesting thing about Wesley is he won the Boston marathon. Um, I believe it was in. 2012 and then the next year he ran for kenyan parliament and he became um part of the uh, the government in kenya and there was actually a movie about him called transcend awesome documentary you should check it out um but after he won he went back home because he wanted to make change in kenya and he wanted to influence his community um and then he came back to boston the next year as the reigning champion just because you know he wasn't in shape but he's a reigning champion he wanted to come back and, and and run he'd been doing 20 to 30 miles a week because he's been so busy with uh, kenyan parliament and he led through mile 18. <laughs> he ended up falling off hard but to, to to compete with the best athletes in the world when you're not in shape lead through mile 18 19 is pretty impressive um definitely check out transcend the movie he's a, he's a cool guy yeah um so we could Especially you, Steve, could literally do an entire, multiple podcasts, actually, on the impact of the running world on Kenya and the culture. Um, I know you've had uh, a lot of friends and stuff like that who kind of taught you a lot about that. Um, But I just think it's unbelievable that you you go win a Boston Marathon, you come back, and it's like now you're like this huge political figure. Uh, That's unbelievable. Um, But... I think we should. That's something we should talk about more in the future. Sure. We don't have enough time to talk about we it today. Do like a special pod. We we actually could. We could bring in. On we could bring in guests because it it is fascinating the lifestyle. Uh, you know, these people come from absolutely nothing. It's like when they come to run in the U.S. It's to feed their whole village, and it's like the you're not running for yourself. You're not running for pride or time. You're running to feed your community and it's just it's unbelievable um but yeah we won't get too far into that i just think a story like that is uh, incredibly captivating absolutely yeah i've never heard of this guy sounds like a real jerk so <laughs> <laughs> oh man um okay 
Uh, and we have we have Wesley at plus twelve hundred. Tigers lining up over a putt. He hits it. That's We're in the lead, about. baby. Tigers in the We're solo in the lead. lead. Solo oh, lead. First place. Can you believe this? This is incredible. This is incredible. Now, I mean, if you if I told you this was going to happen two years ago, you wouldn't have believed me. This is this is incredible. Tiger just doing his strut off the off the green with the solo lead at negative thirteen on the day, yeah. heading into hole sixteen. Oh, oh man, this is this is what awesome. This is this is you know we're, we're talking about running, talking about Boston Marathon, but this is shaping up to be one of the greatest sports stories of all time right in front of us. Agreed. This is absolutely incredible. So we're gonna try to keep our composure and make our way through the podcast, but this is this is truly incredible. Mike, did you catch the "Can you believe this" by Steve Gender? <laughs> <laughs> A little callback there. That's a callback. If right Joe Castiglione was announcing this Masters, yeah. it would just be, can you believe it's left and right? Well, this deserves a can you believe yeah, it. it's true. Because I wouldn't have believed it. All right, moving on. We got actually one of my favorite runners of all time, Dathan Ritzenheim. Mm-hmm. I have him, we have him down at plus 1,500. Big underdog, but he's got an opportunity um, to do something big. He start, he's recently started running with the Brooks Hansen's Distance Project, um, and he's he's coming on strong. I've heard a lot that I heard a lot of things that he's in really good shape and he's ready to roll tomorrow. Um, Two-time Olympian um, for for the USA in 2008 and 2012. He dropped out of the trials. He had a legitimate shot in 2016 as well, but he had to drop out of the trials. He was a little injured. Um, uh, but his his PR is 207 in the um, 2012 Chicago Marathon. I think that's the fastest U.S. PR for it, the men. It is. It is. It's the fastest. It's the fastest uh, uh, U.S. time out there. It was. Uh, it was. You know, in 2012. So that that was some time ago. But um, you know, he's really changed up his training. He's got a new coach. Um, I'm excited to see him out here. He. You know. I think this this could be a really cool underdog story. Um, you know, if, if if a casino out there took bets, I would definitely sprinkle a little bit on the plus fifteen hundred on Dathan for sure. I I could be talked into taking some bets here, Steve. I could I could turn myself into a little bookie. All right, all right. Just might be illegal, so we're just kidding. We're, uh, you will maybe maybe gamble Miller lights. I'll gamble you. The, the gamble thing is, some you have lights. to have money to be a bookie, and that's something I don't have, so <laughs> it's not going to work out for me. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I don't know anything about Nathan Ritten. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then the last, the last, the last men's uh, athlete that we're going to talk about, big time underdog. We got him at plus two thousand. Is Tim Ritchie? Um, love underdogs. Local guy out of Worcester, Massachusetts. Ran for BC um, in two thousand seventeen. He ran his PR of of two hours and eleven minutes. He runs for the BAA. Um, he got fifteenth at New York City Marathon last year. Um, you know, could be. You know, I don't. I don't think he's going to win, but he. Uh, you could see him kind of creep up the. You know, up the standings uh, tomorrow at Boston. You gotta love a local guy. You gotta love the the Worcester boy out there in Western Mass. That's that was a shout out to my boy DZ who's from West Worcester. I say anything that's <laughs> west, to Worcester. anything that's west of four ninety five oh, is yeah. Western Mass. Might as well uh, be. Might as well be the Midwest out <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, but. Uh, no, Tim Ritchie, I recognize the name, so that's great. Um, <laughs> shout out to Steve Polito yeah, from Worcester, big Tim Ritchie fan. Um, he's a coach at UMass right now. He coaches a distance team over there. He's actually, and he's a low mileage guy. He's like 75 to 85 miles a week, which is crazy low for yeah. some of these, but um, I don't know, just a good New England blue book. Gotta yeah. love it. Our boy, Steve Polito, who Trent's talking about, just would rave about Tim Ritchie constantly mm-hmm. when we were in college with him, so I feel like... It, 
through that, through some inception there, I'm a, a huge Tim Ritchie fan now. Yeah. Oh, we have one more. We got oh, we got Steve Polito at plus <laughs> fifteen thousand. Big take time it. underdog. I'll take it. Definitely worth the sprinkle. I'll take it. Life savings on that one. Represent the SAV Racing team potentially. Yeah, yeah. Shout Let's out go. SAV Racing. All right, moving on to the women's field. We're going to talk about a couple women. Um, so we got the. Uh, ooh, ooh, that's Tiger. Another Tiger oh, roar. Tiger. He, he just he just teed off. He's Ladies drilled it right near the pin on sixteen. He's, it is incredible. He's got, right, this, he's got the look in his eyes, folks. Our yes. listeners may not hear us reacting, but you can hear the crowd out there. There's nothing more electric than the Masters crowd when Tiger's rolling. All right, now I'm gonna I'm gonna try this one. Her name is Worknesh Degafa. Mm. Degafa. I'm gonna I'm gonna say we got her at we got her at plus two fifty. Um, she is she is the fast has the fastest time in the field, um, and she did it last year in Dubai. Dubai. She ran uh, two hours and nineteen minutes, um, just a couple minutes off of my marathon PR. Um, and uh, yeah, so she's the only. Shout out to Miller Lite. She's the only athlete in the field that has run under 220 in the last six years. So we got her at plus 250. So quick shade on her. I read a great uh, comparison. They said running that fast at Dubai is like a home run hitter at Coors Field. Ooh, it's just, okay. it's inflated. Um, she's a bum. She hasn't proven this versus real competition at real courses. So don't don't waste your money on her. All right. So you're Good saying insight. she's Nolan Arenado? I'll take Nolan Arenado any day of the week, buddy. <laughs> when he's in Coors Field, maybe. But take him to Fenway. He's not gonna I'll, be able to I'll do take it. him at Fenway. All right. <laughs> if the Red Sox get Nolan Arenado in the future, shame on you if you're not fired up about it. <laughs> I'm taking her. I was I was not in on her, but you actually just talked me into her with that. I actually was Thank in you. on Nolan Arenado. You all, just talked me out. All of about it. Worknesh. Let's go, baby. What a, what a name, huh? Worknesh. Worknesh. And that, so moving on, um, we got uh, Desi Linden, last year's marathon champion at plus 400. Um, her PR is 222 at Boston in 2011, so a little while ago where she finished uh, uh, second place. Um, so, you know, I'll give you my opinion on Desi this year. Um, in 2011, when she finished second, she actually got out kicked at coming down the finish line heartbreaking way to end a marathon you come 26 miles to get out kicked at the uh at the uh the finish line you know in 2011 she was like pedro in 1999 you know going up against you know the 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 six best hitters of all time in the in the all-star game and she was never he was never quite the same after he kind of gave all his everything in that game um you know, now she might not have that fastball. She's no longer Pedro in, in 1999. She's a little. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give a little uh, sports analogy here. See if I can do a little better than this one that I've done in the past. She's like Greg Maddox now. She needs to get crafty out there. She needs to be smart, and that's. She had the opportunity to do that last year. She had the opportunity to do that in the in the inclement weather when other people didn't feel good. Um, she knew how to run the course. She knew how to run the weather, and she was able to. Uh, you know, have justice out there and get a Boston Marathon win because it was kind of stolen from her eight years prior. That being said, um, I think I think uh, I think Desi's best days might be behind her, and uh, I I wouldn't expect to see her up up at front up in the front tomorrow. As much as I want to, I'm gonna be cheering. She's one of my favorite athletes of all time. I want her, but um, at plus four hundred, it's not worth the money. Yeah, I think plus four hundred is probably a little too high for her. Um, but 
like you said earlier, being the defending champion, I think you need to have high odds. I wouldn't hit it, uh, but I do really like Desi as a runner. She's one of my favorite runners in the game right now. How can you not love her? Last year's marathon was incredible, and uh, I think she did something really special. Um, but I still think she's going to be up there. I don't know if she's going to win, but she's going to be right in the mix. She always is. She's tough as anything, so um, I don't know if I'd uh, take her to win, but I might take her in my uh, perfecta or something like that, mm, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, she's America's sweetheart, right? If, if they sold running singlets, which maybe they should, just get the bib uh, right into the Ooh, singlet itself. I like that. Everybody would be wearing Desi singlets, yeah, right? Everybody definitely. loves her, and that's why we have the plus 400, but couldn't agree more. She's a good top five pick. Yeah. So I don't know if you'd noticed, uh, Trent, but uh, the, the brand she runs for, she runs for Brooks. Okay. And she she wore that jacket. Solid brand. She wore that she wore that because it was cold out. Right, it was right, raining. Right. She wore that jacket with the yellow stripe. And I guess from what I hear, that was just for professional athletes. Mm-hmm. But after she won Boston, I guess Brooks had released it for sale as kind of like a, a tribute to Desi and her, her Boston win. I'm sure sales of that were through the roof. Uh, yeah. You know what? I would have to get somebody from Brooks on the line to answer that. But I'm, I I I imagine yeah, we might be I able imagine, to pull. That I imagine out. she you know that 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 did pretty well. Okay, moving on. We got, uh, here's another one. Meshiram Acefa. Oh, of course. Meshiram. <laughs> um, so uh, we got her at plus 600. Trent was telling me a little bit about, about uh, uh, Meshiram. And uh, so she finished first place in four of her last six races. Two straight marathon victories. Four out of six dubs on the marathon circuit. She's kind of new. This is, this is my deep dive this morning, right? When I did the deep dive for the indoor track nationals, that was like on the podcast trying to learn stuff. <laughs> this I was this morning, and I was all in on Acefa. This is the best bet I have for you guys today. Um, former 1500 runner, stretched it out lately, so kind of new to the marathon scene, but doesn't lose. She just shows up. She wins. She's coming off of PR in October out in Frankfurt when she got the gold medal there. So uh, I'm just riding the hot horse here, and she's... I think she was uh, meant to be a distance runner the whole time. It took her some years to figure it out. So uh, when I so we were, we have a group text going, and I a couple days ago I kind of sent out a link to the to the elite athletes, and I told these guys to to do some uh, to do some studying, to do some research. And if I had odds on Trent doing research, I would have probably put that at like thirty five. <laughs> I would have lost a lot of money on that. Yeah, I yeah. Lost the, a lot. the fact that Trent did significant research for this race blows my mind. I'm a so, changed man. Shout out! Shout out to Trent. All right, so my uh, my take on what's her name, Mishiram. Yeah, um, Trent likes her, so I don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right, uh, moving on here. We got the next women's elite runner that we want to talk about that we have odds on. We got Jordan Hase at plus seven hundred and fifty. Um, Jordan Hase has a PR in two thousand seventeen at Chicago of two twenty in the marathon. Um, she finished. Third in her uh, in, in in the Boston Marathon in 2017, and that was her Boston Mar- that was her marathon debut. Um, she's 20 years old, former Oregon Duck. There you go, P. Flo. You got somebody to cheer for on the women's side. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm a big uh, I'm big on Hase this year. I think she's going to do really well. She dropped out of last year. She strikes me as somebody that can't really handle like crazy weather. But if the conditions are decent, the conditions are right, I think she's ready to for for a big big time marathon. They're saying she's healthy. Yeah, yeah. So I was at a family party yesterday, and um, you know when you're at a family party and you like meet somebody's aunt or something like that, or not even like their babysitter or something like that, and they're like, I have known this person since they were this tall since they could walk i know this per- i knew this person right 
one of those deals. Tiger, let's go. Um, that's how I feel about Jordan to say. I remember watching her run when she was in like high school. She was in the she Olympic was in the trials. Yeah, she was in the Olympic trials, and she had like hair down to her ankles, and she was this tiny little girl. And now she's all grown up and running marathons. And uh, yeah, I feel like when a, an old aunt, I watched Jordan when she was this tall, when her hair was this long. Update, Tiger update, Tiger tracker. We got Tiger with a two-stroke lead on the field, heading into the 17th hole. This is this is incredible. I, I really cannot believe what I'm watching. History is... This is this is We're on the verge of history. This is incredible. <laughs> Steve, you uh, uh, want to tell the audience what you're wearing right now? So I am wearing a red uh, polo, wearing black pants, and I got I got a black hat on. N- no Nike logos. They're all different, different logos. I will say, since Steve ter- changed into his Tiger clothes... Tiger's kind of starting to unravel. Yeah. Yep, yep. I took a shower. I changed, and, and and as soon as I changed, Molinari hit his his first shot into the water. That's true. So uh, I wouldn't say that Steve is solely responsible for Tiger about to win the Masters, but I'd say you're pretty close. I'm pretty close. Pretty close. Not all hero. Wi- not all heroes wear capes, guys. That's right. Benny looks hurt, boys. Uh oh. We got the four TVs, three TVs going oh, on. God. Yeah, so we got Benny Tenny, hey. Benny Tenny with a with Ooh. a foul ball off oh, his foot. He'll, get, he'll be okay. Yeah, classic, this is, this classic, is a singer. That's classic a singer. Trent having to bring the mood down. Love <laughs> yeah. it. All right, so we Boom. got we got a couple more athletes here to talk about. We got uh, actually one last athlete, one big underdog on the women's side. We got Sarah Hall, who mm. is uh, who is Ryan Hall's wife. You know, if you, if if uh, Ryan Hall, uh, great American runner. Um, he uh, he was he was kind of the top uh, distance or top marathoner for for America for the you know past decade. Um, I was never a huge Ryan Hall guy. Um, he always seemed to be the guy that had great times, but never never was able to capitalize on the big races. So I was never a huge um, uh, Ryan Hall guy. But we got Sarah Hall at plus seventeen hundred. Her uh, her her PR is in Ottawa, and last year um, she ran two twenty eight. Compared to her marathon debut just a couple years earlier, where she ran 2:48, so big time, big time drop in time there. She seems to be coming around at the right time, and uh, you know, for an underdog, she might be a decent pick. So for first Boston, I believe, right? So yes, first Boston. But she's got Ryan Hall telling her what's going on, so maybe that helps her out. Well, do you think that she like uh, would go to? Ryan Hall's cabin in the woods and do his like meditation prayers and stuff like that with him. Probably. All right. Well, then I'm out on Sarah. <laughs> well, it, it's crazy that you know it's 2019 and we're still talking about Ryan Hall and Dathan Ritzenheim. You know, two guys that yeah. have been who have been in the marathoning scene for you know uh, almost two decades now. Yeah. So, anyways, that's uh that's wrapping up kind of our our review of the. Uh, of the elite athletes and kind of who we're cheering for. And hopefully get, we gave you guys a, a, a better idea of like what to look for on race day and who to, who to kind of watch for in, in the elite field. Listen, tweet at us at SAV running, take our lines, let us know who your, uh, who your picks are. And uh, I think we should get into it right now. Who our picks are, the way we're going to do this, um, pick one male, one female combined time uh, takes all the cake. You guys like that? I love it. Works for me. All right. Want to snake draft it? A little snake draft quickly? Sure. Sounds good. Men first, wait, women wait. second? We're, we're putting some money on this, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Why, oh, you know, why don't we do this? Combine the digits from your marathon PR. Yeah, that works. Okay. Seconds or just minutes? Just minutes. Just hour, hour and, and two minutes. Eight. All right. 
seven, fifteen. Uh, it'd be sixteen. Sixteen. All right. Eight, so I said low. <laughs> that was fun. All right. On the men's side, I'll, I'll go first here. Uh, it's an American we haven't talked about. Out of Malden, Massachusetts, running for SAV running. His name's Trent Fontanella. He's oh, probably oh, not a big yeah. All right. No, I'm taking Jeffy Karui or whatever yes. his name was. Uh, the guy that came in second last year and first the year before. I'm excited about the way he, he handles all the weather conditions. He'll he'll be just fine even if it's a you know a crap day tomorrow. So give me Jeffrey. Who you got, Mike? Um I am going to take somebody who we didn't talk about. Uh, I was hiding him from you guys. I didn't want to bring him up in the uh, spread segment so you guys would know who he is. But I'm going to take Jared Ward out of Utah. Went to BYU. He's a good Mormon. He's uh, right in the prime of his career. He's 30 years old. He was on the 2016 Olympic team, so he's got some uh, good competitive races in him. He knows what it's like on the big stage. Jared Ward from the United States of America is my guy. All right, I'm going with Desisa. Desisa from uh, from uh, I believe he's Ethiopian, but he's the guy. He's he's won twice Boston, uh, and he's finished second once. Just like Tiger, you can't can't compete with experience out there. So I'm Sorry. going Desisa. Typical front runner pick. Um, so it's Snake. So I go next. Mm-hmm. So I am going to go with. I'm going with Jordan Hase. I'm going with the American Jordan Hase. I think she's ready for a big time race. Yeah, I talked about it earlier. Um, I don't know if she's going to win, but I know she's going to be there. And uh, it'd be stupid for not someone not to take her. I'm taking Desi. I'm taking Desi, reigning champion, to take out my team there. And we're going to... I feel good. And I'll be cultured and not take an American. Got my girl, Asefa. I forget her first name. She stinks. But uh, starts with an M. She's she going to do great. She's, she's on fire right now. It's like when you're playing roulette. And it comes up red. You stay red. You don't switch to black. You got to stick with what's working with you. Give me a Cepha. <laughs> always ride. Always ride red. That's, oh, what I That's my motto. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, cool. Well, hey, do we want to... Because, you know, I think that this, is, this has been a long time coming for, for both of us. And I think... Uh, for, for all three of us. And I think we kind of just wanted to maybe share if we had any cool uh, stories about qualifying. Yeah, sure. I'll, yeah, I'll start it. I just this is, we've shout out Erie Marathon before, but um, you know I did the old same thing I did two years ago. I ran Boston. Did the old Google what's the fastest marathon qualifier in the United <laughs> States? And Erie came up. The percentage of people that qualify there is like qualifier. 60%. You, mean, you mean the race? Which which race is the fastest? No, I mean like the percentage of people that oh yes yes run the Erie Marathon that qualify for Boston. Gotcha. Um, it's just. It's the two-week stretch in September when all those qualifying races are. It's just flat as a pancake. The biggest hill is, uh, you know, that three-feet haul. It's it's amazing. This year we had a whole boatload of us. There was must have been 12 of us that actually ran the race. little road trip out there. Beautiful day. You know, you get on those pacers, you relax. So... Um, I did. I did the lazy way. You can. You just. You find the quickest and easiest way to do it. Take shortcuts. Drive out there, and, and we made it happen. So Qual- it was a real fun time. Qualifier is a qualifier, Trent. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You, you covered the distance and the time. Um, I did mine a year and a half ago. Hold on, wait a second. Got to Got to hydrate. I got a little mist got, from that. that was yeah, nice. got to hydrate, guys. Um, so I did my qualifier at, qualifier at Marine Corps Marathon a year and a half ago. So that was a long time ago. I was in much different shape then than I am now. Um, but uh, it, it, it was such an awesome race. I think next to Boston, Marine Corps is the best race 
uh, in the country. It was it was so much fun, so emotional. I ran most of it, ran most of it with Mike. Um, you know, funny story about that is, you know, I I was kind of you know in and out of shape, and you know, I, I I needed to take a break from running. But I said before I do this. I need to run under three hours once because I had never run a marathon. And I just felt like I needed to have one race under three hours. And if I didn't run under three hours, then I was going to uh, keep trying to run marathons and keep trying to do it until until I ran under three hours at least once. And so that whole, whole week leading up to the race, I had these dreams about kind of coming up to the finish and seeing the clock hit 2.59 and having to like sprint to the finish. And sometimes I would make it, sometimes I wouldn't. And uh, that happened to me. I was uh, I was uh, running the marathon, and you know, got into the last 10k, and I was just looking at my watch, and I was like, you know, I was on a certain pace, and I was like, this is the absolute fastest I can go. And you know, I was looking at my watch and realizing that this was going to literally come down to seconds. And so I just flipped my watch around. I didn't look at it. I just ran. And there's a little hill coming into the last tenth of a mile at the finish at Boston. And as I was coming up the hill, I saw the clock tick 2.59. And it was like just like uh, the nightmares I've been having. And I had to sprint to the finish. And I crossed with three seconds to spare. So I ran 2.59.57 to qualify for Boston. Those three seconds saved me from having to run another real marathon. <laughs> Thank God, because marathoning is the absolute worst thing in the world. Yeah, it stinks. Uh, so mine, that same marathon Steve was running, the Marine Corps, I was with him. The goal was to qualify with him um, around mile 2021. 20, I kind of fell apart and uh, couldn't get it done. Tiger is feeling drilling the drilling it near the pin on Ladies hole 17. This, this is, is unbelievable. This is vintage Tiger. Um, so yeah, I didn't get it done, so I had to come back and um, me and my boys at, with SAV uh, Racing Team, me and Trent, we went down to Erie Marathon. We got a sick Airbnb by a lake in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, we all, every single one of us, there's, I think, 10 of us, 10, 12 of us, all qualified for Boston, uh, got it done, and then we partied really hard for that was... 48 hours straight. We finished the marathon. By the time I got over to the group, I was handed a Miller Lite immediately. I was drinking beer within five minutes of finishing a marathon, and I felt <laughs> like I was going to die in, and it was maybe 48 hours of the hardest I've partied since college. It was brutal but an awesome time um it was week one of the nfl so we got back and we had football on yeah, all day was... and then the red Sox had a sunday night baseball game on my friend nate weber our friend nate weber thought i would need a little nap at some point or i wouldn't be able to stay up oh, for sunday yeah. night football Monday night football <laughs> it was zero chance i was falling asleep i was on such a high um he had to shotgun a beer at about nine in the morning because he thought i was going to take a nap that night so yeah that was a great day it oh, was man. an awesome day. And uh, so just a, me and Steve wanted to qualify for Boston. And uh, I'm hoping by the time this podcast throws down, the next day we're going to get a whole bunch more listeners because we're going to be trying to advertise out on the course there. Um, this is our retirement party. This, this is, is it. Our- Boston is – we're going out there, and we're going to try and enjoy this as much as we can, drinking beers, interacting with people, really having a good time out there. Um, so – if we see you out there and you're listening to this right now and you saw us out on the course, listen in for the next podcast because I cannot wait to just tell the stories of all the people we met, all the things that happened out on the course tomorrow. I'm fired up for it. I think it's 
it's gonna be an unbelievable day. Yeah, and I, I think can't we, wait. we we joke a lot about this marathon and how we're not. I said at the top show how we're not taking it too seriously, but at the end of the day, the the reason that we're we're running out there and we're running it slow is because we want to take in every second because we have so much respect for this race and we want to enjoy every step of the way and we want to we want to party with the with the with the people lining the course because that's what we've been doing our entire lives we've been going out there watching these people run and uh you know to, you know we're putting the watch away it's not about the time it is all about the experience tomorrow and i cannot friggin wait so um, I think this wraps up the podcast. Maybe, you know, as Tiger, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens on 18. Maybe we'll throw the recording back on, and that will be the after show um, because this is this is truly incredible. Um, but a- any last words for, for the listeners, guys? I literally can't focus anymore. Like, yeah. I, all I can see is a bright red T-shirt on the television and the name Woods standing along the top of the leaderboard, and my heart is pounding. It's been fun. I love recording this podcast, but I, I need to go watch this. This is historic. I'm nervous about being able to drive home after this. If Tiger pulls this off and we got an intense Celtics game, we might have a change of plans for Marathon Prep Day. All right, folks. That's it for this episode of Peak Too Early. We got Boston tomorrow. Let's we go. got We got Tiger on the leaderboard. Mike, on, hit yes. me with the Josie's week before the Masters started, uh, Tiger had an interview, and he was asked why this uh, this tournament is so important to him. And he told the reporter, he said, this is the best thing that our sport does. And tomorrow... <laughs> yeah, baby! Miley in the house! He's excited. He agrees with Tiger. Miley. Okay, can I redo that part? Yeah, start from okay. where you want. Cut out wherever you need to. Miley, enough! Okay, this can be the post show. Yeah, oh yeah. Miley! She barking at her? Yeah. I actually wasn't kidding about me waiting for the Masters. I don't know why you said I was kidding. Okay. Hey, shh. You need to be quiet. Those paces are going to We're going to put you in your crypt. Miley. Enough. Going back to the pound. Don't always take it. Tiger, you've hit this putt a million times. But here it is. Hey! Oh my goodness! Yes! Right here! Oh, oh man! Wow. Unbelievable, dude. That's like the single greatest sports story of all time right now. This is unbelievable. Did <laughs> This is unbelievable. Tiger chance in the crowd. Get that up on the mic. Look at that. Let's go! Let's go! Dude, oh my god, that place is going. <laughs> 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 